Joshua, uh, of course, uh, lots of people know you from uh, Dawson's Creek, which, you know... But now it feels like it's getting quite a resurgence. Uh, do you, uh, do kids today... No, but do people, do kids today come up to you and talk about it, I shouldn't admit that I'm this old, but my friend's kids have now discovered it in reruns. So, yeah, I think it's become sort of an ironic binge-watch. Joshua Jackson, you're a great man. You are PC on the Dawson's Creek. Joshua Jackson, you do the best that you can. You're in all kinds of movies and TV shows. Joshua Jackson, you are wonderful. You're a good actress, man. I meant to say you are a good actor, man. Please don't be disrespected. I could stop this song and start it Someday I know I will And I also know that if you wanted to marry her She would leave me in a second Because you are Joshua Jackson And you're so much better than me Joshua Jackson, yeah Alright, well maybe we should move it along then Get right into it. Yeah, let's let's get right into it. All right. So, uh, yeah, your stuff. You're Robin. We don't want to wait. We don't want to wait. Hey, it's, it's uh, Joshua Jackson. Joshua week. Jackson week. Yay. Yay. One week with Josh. <laughs> that's that's what the official title is. Okay. It's been one week. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just played an amazing uh, song all about Joshua Jackson at the top of the show, which, Steph, you can only hear if you actually listen to our podcast. Uh, but uh, for everybody else, I was I'm here. Sure you- Why would I want to listen? <laughs> it's like Chatterbox. I was on Chatterbox, you know? Yeah. So when it downloaded in my podcatcher, I was like, delete. I was there. I know well, what happened. Listen to that one. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just find us endlessly entertaining, and I'm sure the uh, six other people that listen to us do too. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so, uh, shall I get us started? I'm the one sure. with all the notes in front of me. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Joshua Jackson. Uh, I, I the first thing on my list that I went looking for was the Changeling, uh, 1980s, the Changeling. Uh, starring George C. Scott, I read in his bi- in Joshua Jackson's biography that he that is his first film appearance, and he's a few months old. I could not find wow. him for the life of me. I could not find him. Really? Yeah, I've seen the sh- this the movie before. It's like a ghost story. So uh-huh. was, you know, I, I actually just watched it maybe last Halloween because I heard like, hey, that's a movie you should check out if you like want something scary to watch, and it's not bad. Um, but I uh, could not find him. I was very disappointed. I was going to screen cap the heck out of it and put it in the Facebook group. It's it's on YouTube if anybody wants to go looking for him. There, the ghost is basically this little kid that gets drowned in a bathtub, which I was like, oh, man, is that Josh? But he'd be like he'd be like nine months old or something when this was shooting. So uh, mm-hmm. that's it. this kid is probably like 10. So it's not that. It must be some baby that walk that is walked by during one scene, whatever. So, uh, my next movie, I don't know if you have anything earlier, but it's 1992's The Mighty Ducks. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you remember this movie at all? I remember he was in it, yeah. Yeah. This was like a big thing for people uh, mm-hmm. who, I think, I don't know, like 92, I was, I was like 17, so... Maybe I saw the first one, but there, I know there's people that are younger than me that really uh, like that. This is a part of their childhood, you know, much like, you know, like uh, 
the Goonies or Stand By Me is a part of my childhood. This is a part of their childhood, so it's huge for them. And I think I've so only it's seen like a the first Disney one. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's but the yeah, thing is, not my not my time bracket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna watch I all was three. 19. Oh right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I was. I ninety two. You were nineteen. Yeah, I graduated high school in ninety one. Oh, you're older than me. I thought we were like the same age for some reason. I didn't tell you, you know, I always thought me and you and Illyrio and Chris were, I thought y'all were my age and mm-hmm. you almost are, but you're, I think I'm older than all of you. Yeah. Yeah. Not that much older though. <laughs> anyway. Um, you know, once you get to a certain age, what, it doesn't who cares? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's why my wife is five years younger than me. Uh, <laughs> Do what? Your wife is five years younger? Yeah, yeah. My husband is five years older. Whoa. He's an Well, old he knows man. how it's done. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the Mighty Ducks. Enough personal chatter. Uh, the, the Mighty Ducks. Uh, the, Josh was about 13 when he made this. He's, uh, my notes are just like, he's got the cute kid thing down, but like he's got a few years left to develop that pacey charisma. Um, I was disappointed. I was going to watch this whole trilogy, but this is this is Emilio Estevez's movie. This is not Josh mm-hmm. Jackson. Like Josh Jackson is like the lead kid, but mm-hmm. and there's a couple scenes where he like kind of shines and he takes. He's got a special friendship with uh, Emilio Estevez's character. Emilio Estevez like dates his mom, <laughs> and uh, but it's a whole like redemption for this like jerk lawyer that needs needs to get back to his roots again. It's yeah, but I mean, um, yeah. So I watched the first one and I was kind of annoyed because there wasn't a ton of Josh. Like I thought he was like pretty much like either the star or like the second star of the movie. But maybe as the sh- as the movies go on and he gets older, he gets more of a role. because it seems yeah. like I remember he like took on a leadership role. I on think, the team. Yeah, I read the plot descriptions of the next two because I'm pretty certain I never saw the first, the next two. Um, and I think in D3, D3, the Mighty Ducks, uh, uh-huh. he's got more of a lead role. I, uh, I read in the trivia that Emilio Estevez did that one for just just to get the right to film this other movie he wanted to film. So, um, uh. Uh, it's I don't know. I, I'm just thinking it was not really worth it, so I didn't watch them. Um Oh, and I watched it with my, the first one with my kids, and so it was kind of fun for them. But um, I don't know; there was so much stuff focused on Emilio Estevez that it kind of bored them after a while. The, the stuff where the, the hockey players were doing the fart jokes—that <laughs> that uh-huh. was fun. There, and it's so dated too. There was like one hockey kid who is constantly doing copier guy from SNL. You know, copier, copier guy. guy. You know, Rob Schneider's copier guy making copies, like always talking. Way to go! Score the puck! Like doing that voice over and over again throughout uh-huh. the movie. Yeah, that—that's all that kid does, and uh, like is completely dated. As <laughs> a result, so it's one of those movies where the studio wants you to think it's a family film, but it's kind of not. It's not yeah. enjoyable for either. <laughs> There's some really goofy antics in there with the kids, but if it should have focused mainly on the kids, I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, the next movie I have on my list I, I I just merely wanted to mention I never saw it, I just thought it was funny In 1997, which is like five years later uh, He stars in this movie Called Ronnie and, Ju- and Julie Which is an updated version of Romeo and Juliet uh, oh, Lord. And uh, so Julie Is a figure skater and Ronnie Which is played by Josh Jackson Is a hockey player <laughs> And they fall oh. in love so it's like the my cutting goodness. edge with Shakespeare, I guess. I have no idea. Oh, my. <laughs> so big time Canadian, huh? Yeah. Uh, the same year uh, also is this episode of The Outer Limits that I watched and you watched half of <laughs> called The Music of the Spheres. Yeah. What'd you think? It, oh, my God. Well, okay. I didn't think so much about Josh Jackson. But I thought about, oh my gosh, this is only the X. The X Files is only the Outer Limits, with two <laughs> awesome characters in it. You know, <laughs> yeah. 
Well, the Outer Limits is pretty much like the, the, the Twilight Zone with more like, I think they had more aliens in the Outer Limits. Mm-hmm. A little bit more sci-fi. A little bit more sci-fi, yeah. Um, and yeah, the X-Files definitely has listed the Twilight Zone as one of their inspirations. Oh, I'm sorry. But... Oh, okay. Sorry, folks. Uh, Steph is talking sorry. to her uh, PA, and she's ordering more. Lockers. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what my cat wants. Yeah. Not, what do you want? Okay. Where, where did Never mind. Did it say back? He, I don't. <laughs> He's probably got a fuzzy memory. It's hard for him to remember things. That was a dumb joke. Okay, I'm so sorry. Right, back to uh, outer limits. Um, oh, we have a. Crossover here with uh, Kristen Dunst. Yeah, I, I didn't even know she was in this. I, <laughs> yeah. I was like, that girl looks really, really familiar. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Howard Hessman is in it as well. Yeah, head of the class, WKRP. So, uh, for folks who haven't seen it, which is probably 100% of you listening. Everybody. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh plays a teacher's assistant who stumbles onto a radio signal that turns out to be an infectious disease. And, in uh, college. A college professor's assistant, right? Yeah, I think he's in college, I think. Yeah. Anyway, the teens get hooked on it. And at first I was like, oh, this is like a drug metaphor. Because uh-huh. they get all, they love them, they love it, they love listening to it, they have to hang out, they have to get other people to listen to it, and it's like, it's a disease. They, they need to, they need to keep, uh, um, sharing it with everybody else. And then you find out that prolonged exposure is making the teens start breaking out into these large silvery green boils, <laughs> which turn out to be alien serpentine skin. Um, and then it turns out that the uh, the disease is actually an immunization against uh, in this increased solar radiation that's going to happen. The our sun is going to turn into a blue dwarf. Oh wow! Well, it got really complicated then. <laughs> so this is the part you didn't see, right? Yeah. No. Yeah, they discovered that uh, whatever alien sent it uh, previously were from a planet that had a yellow sun, but then their sun turned into a blue sun. So they wanted to send the music to the signal to the teens to prepare a generation to get ready to live under this blue dwarf. And so the end of this movie is so or show is so crazy because it's like they get this evidence and teens are breaking out left and right over the stuff, but they they got a hold of the recording. The recording's not spreading anymore, and they're like. Well, obviously, this evidence obviously points to this happening. So that that there, this message is to save us all. So they like this. The entire world volunteers to listen to this music and break out into uh, like this green, silvery boil stuff. And eventually, the entire generation looks like I don't know Christmas ornaments. <laughs> like their entire head is this big, giant alien head. Um, and it's so funny. Oh man, you should have seen the last scene where like Josh Jackson and Kirsten Dunst and Kirsten Dunst's boyfriend, they all have this, it's pretty ridiculous makeup, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, yeah. Um, it's so, yeah, I don't know. It's, we don't really have a scale on, on this episode, I guess. Uh, We don't have a Vanderweek or Vanderpeek thing for Josh Jackson, but (laughs) I'd say it's not really recommended. I'm, you know, whatever. He's kind of he's the star of it, at least. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next thing I have on my list is Scream Two, which is ju- I just saw. I just watched a scene where he plays a cameo. Did you see that? I posted it in the group. No. What happens? Okay, so this I is have a- no internet. You know, I don't want to use all yeah. my data. This is ninety-seven as well, and uh, of course, ninety-seven is right before Dawson's Creek. Um, so Kevin Williamson has him as a cameo or whatever. He's, he's an extra because he's not actually big at this time. And in the scene, it's surreal because he's arguing, uh, whether sequels are good or not with Jamie Kennedy, Sarah Michelle Geller, and Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> I'm like, this is like, <laughs> I mean, save Jamie Kennedy, but this is an awesome class right here. We got Buffy, we got Raylan Givens and, uh, Pacey arguing about movies. <laughs> 
And so they just kind of go back and forth on saying, like, you know, whether Aliens was better than Alien, Godfather 2 better than Godfather. And uh, Josh actually brings up, uh, his character brings up House 2, the second story, as being a superior sequel. (laughs) And nobody brings up Empire Strikes Back, which that's pretty much the thing that angered me the most. So this is Scream 2. Scream 2. So Sarah uh, Michelle Gellar was in Scream 2, and she was in... Yeah, that was okay. the first year of Buffy, too, right? 97? Okay. So is this the, the movie that Timothy Elephant ends up being the bad guy? Spoilers. Spoilers. I, I think it's like him and his mother or something like that. Laurie Metcalf? Yes, that's right. Okay. Yeah, I saw it not too long ago. I think I do remember that scene where they're in class. Yeah, yeah. It's just funny. I don't know. I just, just, of course, typed Josh Jackson into YouTube to see what came up, and that was one of them. Um, And then, of course, comes Dawson's Creek, which is 98 to 2003. We talked about that. Uh, Yeah, I think we talked about that ad nauseum. There is some trivia, though, I found that I wanted to mention because we never even talked about any of this stuff. Is Is that okay? Do you mind? Yeah, sounds good. Josh won three Teen Choice Awards for this. You know, these prestigious what? Teen Choice Awards. Yes, he won what? three of those. Uh, and uh, it does say, I, I did see it in an interview that he did uh, say he dated Katie Holmes for the first two seasons. And Katie Holmes said that Josh was her first love. I wasn't sure if we actually got some solid facts on that or not and during the course of our podcast, but... Um, in 2002, which was the beginning of season six, uh, he got arrested in Raleigh, North Carolina at a Carolina Hurricanes ice hockey game. Uh, it was drunkenly, he got drunk and assaulted a security guard. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> he must have, some security guard must have pissed him off and he must have, I don't know. I don't know the, the details. Um, but it's pretty funny cause you can tell what season of Dawson's Creek he was filming when you see the mugshot because he's got that awful goatee. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks, you can look it up online, uh, Joshua Jackson mugshot. He looks kind of like, yeah, I'm here, I guess. <laughs> kind of, kind of drunk. <clears throat> um, and uh, yeah, he got like community service and rehab for that. Wait a minute, he got rehab. Yeah, alcohol rehab. Go to rehab? I guess he had to f- attend a program. Did he really have a problem? I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> All I know is he he hasn't gotten in trouble since. So, you know. I mean, that seems like uh, some serious. That seems like you know, like he's never really gotten in trouble before. Yeah. You know, it seems like if you had uh, you know uh, multiple. You know, arrest a judge would send you to rehab. Right? Maybe, right. or maybe it was like a plea deal. Maybe it was. Uh, yeah. You know, his lawyer said, "We'll go to rehab if you." Yeah. Yeah, I don't okay. really know the details of it. Um. So. Um. And also, uh, he saved a girl's life. Uh. In, okay. It, it, and uh, she was drowning, uh, while he was in Wilmington filming Dawson's Creek. And the mm. cast and crew actually gave him a life preserver to remember that. So, yay, Josh. <laughs> yeah, very good. Okay. Um, while we're talking Creek, I did want to mention um, a fellow Dawson's Creek podcast called Creek of the Week. Um, they, Which I got some fun facts from that because uh, they had Dylan Neal on their show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anybody's listened to Creek of the Week. You've, you listened to an episode or two, right? No. no. Oh, it must have been just me. I was listening to it for a little bit, and then I was like, "Oh, I'm getting I'm getting spoiled left and right. I don't want to listen to any more of this um, because they basically randomly pick a Dawson's Creek episode to talk over." <laughs> and uh, you know they're funny guys, uh, but it, I don't know if I could listen to all that. It's it's an acquired taste. But uh, which is cool is uh, they actually got Dylan Neal to come on and do like this fun interview with them. And it was their very first guest, and it was just so fun hearing how like jittery they were, like how freaked out they were to have a <laughs> actual do- uh, somebody from Dawson's Creek on their show. <laughs> so I was just like, uh, I don't know, I was, I was very happy for them. Um, 
But uh, they got an exclusive, which I'll I'll break on here, uh, I guess, as well. It's already been broken on their podcast. Um, Dylan left at the end of season one uh, to star on the ill-fated series Hyperion Bay with uh, Mark Paul Gosselier. Gosselier? Uh-huh. Uh, which, of course, you know, got canceled. And so he came back in season three. And by that time, uh, Jack had start, started uh, was on the show already, and I think uh, had was in the process of coming out or came out. I forget where we were in the timeline in season three. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Dylan said that he had always wondered what like Doug's sexuality was, and they just kind of kept that almost like a mystery, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he liked playing with that. And he's he's apparently talked to uh, Paul Stupin, I think, around like where the finale was. Paul Stupin. <laughs> yes. Uh, the finale was uh, being made. And he said, hey, strange thing here. So my character is a straight guy that eventually comes out of the closet and, is, you know, discovers that he's gay, comes out of the closet and whatever. Um, and all of a sudden I leave the show and you now, and you had the Jack character come on, who was a straight guy who so soon came out of the closet. If I left the show, uh, would that have been my character? And Paul pretty much said, maybe you don't want to be asking me this. <laughs> That's pretty much the only answer he got. So... Uh, alternate universe Dawson's Creek. We we might have had no Jack, but we would have had Doug as like a full time character and out of the closet and dating men. So, <laughs> uh, uh-huh. yeah. Anyway, enough Dawson's Creek. Um, it, uh, some movies I just wanted to mention, but not talk about uh, unless you wanted to. Uh, after this was Apt Pupil, Urban Legend, Cruel Intentions, Gossip. Uh, so it's like. It's like the whole scream and clueless time, and everybody's making copies of these movies, you know. And Josh was in those. So in the year two thousand, that's when the skulls came out. What'd you think of the skulls? Uh, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the crossover, we had Paul Walker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was fine, mm-hmm. and you know. Uh, I just wonder in the early two thousands or, or or whatever, and it was was it that because of the the rise of the WB and the CW, mm-hmm. that the young people's television shows and movies there was a, a lot a big market for for that. Yeah, I bet they were snatching up these actors all on the on the cheap, you know, because I'm sure WB wasn't. Yeah, because. Highly paid. Yeah, because you see Paul Walker. Paul Walker was in a lot of movies in early two thousands, and mm-hmm. you know, just these this huge cast with all those young people, and then people quit watching television and quit going to the movies. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, what didn't Buffy uh, get like fourteen million viewers an episode, and now uh, the CW. You know, like a zombie struggles to get a million viewers. Yeah, yeah the DVR ruined everything. <laughs> well, I mean, Netflix. I don't know, just young people just don't seem to be watching television. Yeah. Uh, but it was just, you know, just see, we're just watching all these uh, movies with all these young people that just it just struck me mm-hmm. that at that time it, it just seemed to be all of these movies with this, these young casts. Yeah. Exactly, and, I, and like I said, I think they were trying to like they're trying to they're trying to get that youth market. They're trying to get that you know eighteen to you know twenty five um, market and to to get out to the movies. And they were also capitalizing on how successful movies like Scream and Clueless were. I think you know. Um, mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, so so for the so, what did you think about the skulls? Yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty good thriller. I, I, I remember watching it, but I didn't really remember much about it. Um, Pacey or Pacey, <laughs> Josh gets to do well. Josh gets to do his Pacey's Cape Side Townie thing in this movie. 
And uh, <laughs> the cool thing is uh, he gets to kind of step it up to be like action guy towards the end of the movie. Like he's running from cars and, you know. Well, there's there's action at the beginning, you know, when he and Paul Walker are doing something on a building. They were like, yeah, they were like sneaking. <laughs> they were trying to catch, steal a mascot or something or a statue. Yeah, a snake. That's what it was. Off the windmill. Yeah. Wind, wind, ch- wind uh, a thing that shows the direction of the wind. <laughs> it's a, a wind vane. Wind vane, yeah. yes. Uh, and he also gets to have like a, a steamy makeout session with Leslie Bibb. This, this, she's from some show called Popular. I've never seen it before, so. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Maybe we will watch it one day. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I did like that they had some smarmy supporting performances from Craig T. Nelson and William Peterson. <laughs> Who, you know, I, you see them in a movie and I, I, they're always welcome additions to any anything that I watch. Um, yeah. I just recently uh, yeah, and, rewatched. And William Peterson. Go ahead. Uh, William Peterson with his southern accent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, so this is uh, actually directed by Rob Cohen, who's going to, uh, go on to the following year to direct a little movie called The Fast and the Furious and get one of the stars of the Skulls to star in it. Yeah. yeah. And of course... And poor Josh Jackson wasn't invited. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny because, you know, Paul starred with Vanderbeek and Varsity Blues, which Josh was up for the role of, and guess who was up for the role of, uh... Of Luke, Josh Jackson's role, Vanderbeek was uh, James Vanderbeek. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so you know, you can imagine these producers like, ah, bring a couple of the Dawson's Creek kids in here. <laughs> I don't care; they're all pretty. <laughs> um, a couple other things I had about this is uh, they were he's investigating his friend's death, who I was so glad died by the time he got killed. What? He was just like this what? super whiny guy, like. Gah. Look, you you can't be a part of a club that doesn't involve me. Do you know they're up to something shady? I like everything. He was like acting like Josh's boyfriend, <laughs> like just constantly being super jealous. And I don't know. It just by the time they killed him, I was like, awesome. We don't have to listen to that anymore. And. Um, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They had a duel at the end. <laughs> Which was cool. (laughs) Yeah. Of course, you know. But I was like, oh, you know, Josh Jackson has got to be the hero. He's got to be, you know. Yeah. So that's all I had about the skulls. The skulls is good. If you're a Josh Jackson fan, I'd say check that movie out. Why not? Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. It's it's of the era. If you like that, you know, it's got some good action, it's good mystery, um, some likable people in it. Check it out. Uh, the next thing on my list is 2000's uh, an episode of The Simpsons from season 12 called Lisa the Tree Hugger. And uh, not much to say here because he's just a voice, but he's like he's like the voice of this blonde dreadlock in Birkenstock wearing eco hunk called Jesse Grass, who Lisa is just desperately trying to impress. Um, but, I mean, you know, it's like your standard funny Simpsons episode. I don't think he got a lot to do that was funny in the episode. He was merely, like, just the object of Lisa's obsession. Um, but there was one line in there that I thought was funny is when Homer meets Jesse and has to pretend to be, like, not impressed by him. So he's like, he says that your eyes aren't as dreamy like Bobby Sherman's are. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is a callback to uh, Dick as well. Remember, they were all about oh. Bobby Sherman. I was like, oh my god, this is like, I'm watching, like, there's like this writer's room that's moving from different project involving the Dawson's Creek cast to, and they're all, yeah. it's all like the same references. Putting these, uh, yeah, <laughs> putting in these inside jokes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next thing I had was a cameo in Ocean's Eleven. Did you, did you see that at all? It, no, it, it's just basically like a, a. I don't know if you remember the movie, but there's like this poker game uh, where um, Brad Pitt's Rusty Ryan uh, tracks down George Clooney's Danny Ocean, and they're playing with like real celebrities, 
And so you have Josh Jackson, you have uh, Topher Grace, you have Barry Watson and Holly Marie Combs, like all like WB oh, and Fox kids. You WB know? actors. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the funny thing is Josh actually loses a bunch of money by betting on like, like uh, Brad Pitt's doing this whole thing about bluffing and saying that Danny Ocean is bluffing. And then it turns out he wasn't actually bluffing. And then Josh Jackson just loses a bunch of money. That's funny. Um, the next thing I have in my list is 2005's Cursed. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, Joshua Jackson uh, is very fit. Yeah. I noticed that. Um, that's all I noticed. <clears throat> Did he have some good arms? Yeah, his arms were not. Mm-hmm. Not doughy. <laughs> little kid anymore right. <laughs> although you know he was on that rowing machine quite a lot quite a bit in the skulls he was ah, yeah. he was rocking that rowing team rocking that rowing team that was not intentional um for me i i knew this was a west craven movie but i actually forgot that this was written by kevin williamson which was a big surprise <laughs> i was like oh it's a kevin williamson movie mm-hmm. well this is gonna be great <laughs> no not really um, nah, I couldn't get into it. Uh, Christina Ricci, Jesse Eisenberg, um, who, of course, I still had a bitter taste of Jesse Eisenberg because of the Batman versus Superman and how terribly he did his Lex Luthor. But mm-hmm. the cool thing was, like halfway through this movie, or like a quarter of the way in the movie, Michael Rosenbaum from Smallville shows up as one of the one of the cast, and I'm like, "There's the real." Uh, Lex Luthor. Uh, uh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I wish they had a scene together, but they didn't. Uh, but, I mean, there's a bunch of people. Like, they they were like, oh, Wes Craven, Kevin Williamson. Let, let's sign up for this. There's Judy Greer. There's uh, Peter Petrelli is in this. Uh, Shannon Elizabeth. Portia de Rossi. Um, there's, but the problem is, it's like, it's just not that great it's there's no real surprises there's nothing that's scary in this movie um there's actually one like my favorite scene was with jesse eisenberg when he like he discovers that he's infected his dog with the werewolf curse and yeah the dog like turns into this like cgi hellhound is chasing him all over the house and peter petrelli shows up to admit that uh he's had a crush on jesse eisenberg (laughs) Uh, and they have to run away from this CGI dog. Uh, another great scene that I posted many screen caps of in the group is uh, Christina Ricci has a dream where she takes a gigantic bite out of Josh Jackson's neck, and this like immense super spray of blood shoots out. <sighs> so <laughs> I thought it was funny. Uh, uh, Scott Bayo's in this. <laughs> As himself. Yeah. Uh, he's playing... An, an, yeah, because they're like LA kids. Yeah. And she like works... Yeah, she works for Craig Kilborn, which the a bit of trivia is like he... she She's working for Craig Kilborn, who had the late show, but by the time this movie was re- released, Craig Kilborn was not on the late show anymore. <laughs> uh. like Conan, I think. Um... Uh, a bit of trivia, basically, that Craven, Wes Craven was shooting for a hard R and then submitted and Harvey Weinstein made them like reshoot about 90% of this film. <laughs> and there's like tons of scenes that people shot like like Ski Ulrich was in this movie and he just – like he was like the third build and all his scenes hit the cutting room floor because he couldn't come back and do the reshoots. And they had to like redo like most of this movie and make it a PG-13 movie. Um, also, Christina Ricci is kind of a blank slate in this movie. It might be because they were filming it for like three years. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I would have liked to see the original cut of this movie, but um, it does indeed live up to its title. It is it is cursed. <laughs> but um, if you do have an inclination to see Joshua Jackson beheaded, beheaded with a shovel, look no further. That, that's, that's basically all I have to say about that. Do you remember that or no? No, I didn't get that far. (laughs) 
I'm telling you, I'm going to take your completed uh, card away. It's going to be it's going to be mine. You're going to have to earn it back. That's fine. Uh, now uh, my life is completely different now, and I can't. You, you don't want to I wait to watch anything. <laughs> there's some things I don't want to wait to watch, and there's some things that I don't have enough time in my life for. Right. I mean, whatever. Uh, uh, our our job for this the, for these episodes is to watch two things and maybe a bunch of other stuff. Me, I just go nuts and watch everything else. Um, yes, you have control. You can't self control. Yeah, self control. <laughs> um, like uh, for instance, two thousand eight's Shutter, which was uh, uh, pretty much a waste of time. Um, yeah, that had to do with uh, photography or something. Yeah, he he and his uh, new wife, played by Rachel Taylor from Jessica Jones, they're both great in this. By the way, that it's just the story is just crap. It's a uh, it's a remake of a Thai th- horror film. Uh, he's a photographer. They move to Tokyo for work, and uh, when they uh, may or may not have hit a waif like Japanese woman on a dark road one night, they start seeing her in the background of photos he takes, and. Uh, you know, he's she's always around, you know. So <clears throat> basically take I Know What You Did Last Summer, The Grudge, and What Lies Beneath and throw them all in a blender mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, take every single frightening bit about any of those movies out. And uh, yeah, <laughs> like they didn't even do any of the like creepy, crawly Japanese waif-like women walk at all in this. Like they had the Japanese mm-hmm. woman. She was she was waif-like, but she didn't. Do any creepy crawling. It's a waste. Okay. <laughs> I take your word for it. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> the next I wanted to mention, uh, Fringe. Uh, I didn't... I, oh, Fringe is wonderful. Yeah. It's so good. Um, if, He's very good in it. Yeah. Playing Peter Bishop. Um... For me, I, I at first I wasn't going to rewatch any of the show because I've seen the entire thing from beginning to end, um, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. I just started kind of googling it to remind me of, you know, what happened in the show, what, you know, how much I enjoyed it, and then I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch one, and then I, I was like, oh, I'll look for like the best one, you know, so. Um, I, I was just looking in different episode guides and I just got reminded of how like the last few episodes of season two are so awesome. And, uh, I'm sorry. I'm got some gas here. Apparently I'm belching. Um, so, uh, why was the, why was the end of season two? So good. All right. So remind me what happened. Yeah. Spoilers for fringe. Skip ahead. Maybe like two minutes. If, if that, I, I won't take up much time, but okay. So, uh, all of a sudden, uh, Olivia starts seeing a glow about Peter, and he discovers that uh, he used the son of Walter from an alternate timeline, an alternate universe. Okay. So, like, when Peter finds this out, this it, like, crushes him, and he just disappears. He goes off. And um, they have that Brown Betty musical episode after that, and oh. um, <laughs> which I was just... Uh, I definitely wanted to check that out. And then the episode after that is uh, Northwest Passage, where it's like a Peter Bishop solo episode. And, and I, oh, yeah. That was one. fantastic. And it's, he's like teamed up with Martha Plimpton. And I think they're doing some sort of mystery or something. But at the end of that, he gets kidnapped by uh, Walter Nitt and taken to the other side. And then... The, the the last two episodes of that season is Olivia going over there uh, for to, to rescue Peter, and you know that he he get they get rescue they rescue him, but it turns out that faux Olivia switches places with her uh, when they go back, so she is def- she's stuck in a prison at the end of uh, season two, and I just remember like. How amazing that was! Like that was such a great cliffhanger. And it's such a- yeah, because it was so. Yeah, it was so freaky. Like we had never we had never saw anything. The, yeah, there was so many like hints of different things. There were hints of different things, 
and then like all of a sudden, like the season end of season two, they're like, screw it, let's just blow this show right open, and like it, yeah. it's never the same after that, you know. Um, and so I got so excited reading about these episodes to rewatch it. And so I flipped on the old Netflix, and guess what? It's not there anymore. <laughs> like, it's always uh, been on Netflix. I've always seen it on Netflix. And then it's not on there when I want to watch it. So here I am, like, uh, annoyed about this. And I look up the price of the series on Amazon, and I have to get Blu-ray. <laughs> and it's like uh, 90 bucks, 95 bucks. And so I was like, no, I'm not paying that much for like, a, you know, on a lark uh, to watch, to rewatch Fringe. So like a day, a day or so goes by and my friend from the local uh, video store, like not video store, but it's like a, um, it's like a game place, a gamer store that deals mm-hmm. with used DVDs and used Blu-rays. He tells me he's got the mm-hmm. Fringe Blu-ray series in <laughs> and uh, asked me if I want oh, wow. it. <laughs> so I've. I've been trading in DVDs. I can only do a certain amount at a time, but I'm basically going to trade. The deal is like 50 DVDs and like 15 bucks. And I have fringe on Blu-ray, the complete series and 50 may seem like a lot, but like I used to work at Blockbuster. So I have like boxes of DVDs that I've not watched yeah. in ages. So, uh-huh. Anyway, fringe is awesome. Yeah, and I'm y- looking forward to rewatching it on Blu-ray. Well, good. Yeah, uh, a couple of years ago, Seth Gable and John Noble mm-hmm. and the guy that played the Watcher. Oh yeah, was- Michael Cerverus. Cerverus. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Yes, they were all at Dragon Con, nice. and I was like, oh, I want to watch <laughs> him all over. Yeah, I remember we, I think it was the, oh, of course, at PasteyCon, <laughs> the, my friends in Media Junkyard actually got to interview them. I, was I in that press room? I'm not even sure. I don't think I was. I might have been. Why isn't it more of a memory that I was in the same room with Josh Jackson? I don't understand. That's that's my brain. Gone. <laughs> um, well, because at the time, we weren't thinking about Dawson's Creek yeah. or Joshua Jackson. Yeah. I mean, were we were we watching Fringe? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was 2010. Um, so it was after the second season. Hey, they must have interviewed them at some other time. I can't remember, or maybe not. <laughs> yeah, so we were at PaceyCon and we, we didn't know it. We had no idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, folks, because we didn't have the nostalgia. Yeah, I know. I probably was like, eh, I'll finish that show someday. Freaking Pacey and Joey. Blech. <laughs> Dawson belongs with her. Um, so, uh, folks, if you want to re- watch a video, which is pretty awesome, it's made by Funny or Die. It's called PaceyCon. And it is a video where Josh Jackson is walking the grounds of San Diego Comic-Con while we were there, but we didn't know it. Yeah. I look I was looking for us. <laughs> yeah. I see us there. Well, there's many times we were just standing outside. I was probably smoking, Des was smoking, and you were probably humoring mm-hmm. us. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um and just Josh Jackson walking around like with a boom box playing We Don't Wanna Wait on it as as somebody's holding a banner that says PaceyCon. <laughs> and uh he's shaking people's hands like they're all there for him. Uh, and someone like yells from the crowd, like, I love fringe. And he's like, I'm not here for that. Uh, this is all about Pacey. <laughs> <laughs> and then it turns out like it's, it's, it's this whole thing where like he throws Pacey con, which helps him fund Pacey related stuff like fan fiction that he writes about Pacey. And then there's a scene of him like sitting, standing in front of a crowd reading like this horrible Pacey fan fiction. <laughs> Anyway, we were there. See, I wonder if, you know, Pacey being such a popular character and him winning Teen Choice Awards, did that help uh, Kevin Williamson's decision to make make it Pacey that Joey ends up with? Yeah, I, I mean, we talked about that you when know, we did like, the finale stuff. I mean, jo- James Vanderbeek was just as big, I think, but I think James... 
you know, was pretty much done with the show at that point, right? It was like limited, limited cast time for him. Yeah. But I don't know. I think he said, like we said, we said when we discussed the finale, like he, he pretty much had it in had it him ending up with, or Dawson ending up with Joey during the first part. But then when he started doing the second part, he realized he wanted to do Pacey and Joey. Where are we at now? All right. Well, I just wanted to mention before we get into our other movie uh, that in his trivia, it says that he not only auditioned for Batman Begins as Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. <laughs> which would have been Wait. awesome. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Wow. Imagine. Let me just yes. Wait, stop. Yes, I know. Let me just. Let me just. Let me just Do you think they would still go with Batman. Katie Holmes as Ra- Rachel? <laughs> Wouldn't that have been amazing? (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll give you another one that'll blow your mind, too. I have another one here that uh, is pretty incredible. Uh, He also, around this time, also uh, auditioned for the character of James T. Kirk on the Star Trek reboot. (laughs) Another one where it's like, okay, wow, I can I can see it. I, d- I don't. I mean, Chris Pine, <laughs> yeah, Joshua Jackson. I mean, Chris Pine was he a television actor that became a movie actor? I remember he was on or Six he Feet Under. Been... Yeah, he played like a guest role. I mean, <laughs> I can see Joshua Jackson as Kirk before I can see him as Bruce Wayne. I guess I just don't see him as a physical yeah. actor. Yeah. I mean, you know, wow. he's still got that young face and it's hard for, I think, to, to put that. I mean, I'm sure anybody can wear a bat mask and be Batman, but, you know, when, you, when you're when Bruce Wayne, you have to, I don't know, look more like... You have to be debonair. Yeah. Not that he can't be, but it's, I don't know. It's, he's just got a different kind of rhythm than any of the Batman that I've seen. It's hard for me to buy Ben Affleck as Batman. So I really like Ben Affleck as Batman. I do too, but he's also Ben Affleck. I don't know. <laughs> I've seen him as Matt Murdock. <laughs> so. All right, so uh, let's move on uh, to 2008's one mm-hmm. week. Yes. I was really excited for you to watch this. Yes. I thought it was an excellent movie. I enjoyed it a lot. Mm. I mean, I thought, and even when I rewatched it this time, tears mm. at the end. I just thought it was, I thought it was very touching. What'd you think? I thought this was a great movie. And he got, oh, okay, good. he got uh, the Genie Award for Best Actor for this movie. And I think he totally deserved it. He was great in this movie. I would, I would say if somebody was like, you know, give me, give me a good Josh Jackson movie to watch from his like adulthood, you know, and I would, I would say like Fringe and I would say One Week because he is, he's great yeah. in this. Um, so I waited till last night to watch it because I wanted to have it fresh in my mind because it was one of the movies that was a, we, we, we definitely were going to talk about but I wanted it I, I'd seen the skulls before so I just wanted to see one week um, so <clears throat> I waited past the uh, debate to watch it and uh, I don't know after the debate it's kind of a dumpster fire um, I was looking for uh, just a little light Josh Jackson Canadian motorcycle travelogue to just kind of get me in a good mood, you know, before bed. Nope. Mm-mm. Right out of the gate, terminal cancer. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, stage four. Oh, no. Like stage four. What does that mean? Uh, you can live for like a year maximum. Like, oh god. Um. This is a great little indie, though. I mean, I still got, like, a nice travelogue. You get to see so much beautiful Canadian places. Yet another movie we're watching where I'm like, I just got to move to Canada. That's where where I got to be. And just seeing this this young man, like, I mean, you just can't help but think, like, what if that was me? What would I do? Like, it's his wife... His well, his fiance 
like saying like you got to come home you got to stop being selfish you have to you have to you have responsibilities to make yourself better and you know let us help you and and he's just like yeah but i'm going to die and i need to i need to get out of here i need to i need to see things i don't know you know I need to do this on my own terms. Yeah. You're not the one with cancer. I am. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and then you and he's like, you know, do I love her? Do I want to get married? Mm-hmm. Should we get married? And and it's like, does he really is he did he really feel like this or is this just post diagnosis he's feeling this way? Mm-hmm. You know. And what I loved was every once in a while there would be like, you know, he ran to this couple and after this, this happened, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it was like, uh, this is how he touched their life. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it was very simple, very short. And that's not what the movie was about at all. But there were just a couple of instances of that. Mm-hmm. And, and that was really nice. Just little nice additions to, to the movie of him. Again, like traveling through, like in the Michelle Williams week when we watched uh, Wendy and Lucy, and I was identifying with like my trip, like hitchhiking. You know, mm-hmm. I, this is another. I wish I had a motorcycle. <laughs> hitchhiking sucked, um, but yeah, you just, just keep running into different characters, and um, you become like they they become part of your life for a brief moment, and then you just kind of move on. Um, but there's you know that inner that inner struggle that he was having having and just just his face like he's he just had a really good set face of just kind of like sadness but like i don't know just like like in a shock state like frozen just almost placid i don't know um yeah and uh campbell scott i love the campbell scott uh over (sighs) uh, uh voiceover it's the only thing I didn't like about this movie. Oh, really? Well, see, now, at first you're like, do we really need this? Yeah. What is going on? Why, who, you know, why is it Campbell Scott? Why is it a different character saying his words? But then at the end, it completely makes sense because it's the book. Because he had tried to write a book before and it didn't work out. Right. And so he wrote a book about his his journey across the country. And I was I was thinking, like... Are they trying to say that he didn't die and he's reading his own audiobook as an older guy? Or but this, right. there's also the fact that Campbell Scott is a guy that does audiobooks. Um I've listened to a few of them and uh I, I know he's done some Stephen King. Um so that they might have been saying, Well, Campbell Scott is a guy that does audiobooks and uh we, you know, who else were we gonna hire to do an audiobook? Uh a narration, but that's the thing. I, I kept on. I, I throughout the movie, I was like, "It's like I'm listening to an audiobook." I'm like, "I don't need this." I mean, there's some nice poetic things and f- philosophical things he was saying, but I was also like, I was like, I kept on wanting to like turn the volume down and go like, "All right, imagine if he wasn't just talking over this." So like, just just watching this happen. Not much dialogue, just watching Josh Jackson's performance and not having it illustrated, I think would have been like great. I don't know. I was kind of I was kind of torn because there were some moments of the narration that I was like, that's not bad. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um I like the part where he was uh talking about faith. Um I could definitely identify with that. Uh you know, in in my own marriage it's like you know, we got married and it's like, yeah, sure. I believe, you know, and then you get to a point where you're like, do I really? And I, I've, I've been like that. I've been, I've been him. I've been, uh, uh, Ben sitting in the church, just kind of listening, you know? Oh, uh, I'm trying to remember that part. Yeah. And then he finds uh, the Bible and the Bible is completely blank, but it has this one quote that says that which we are, we are, which is, uh, Tennyson. Oh, I don't know. I just, uh, I definitely could identify with that. I also like the cameo. Not a cameo, but, well, it's a cameo. It's a, it's a hockey, famous hockey player that I don't really know hockey, but he's from the Ducks. <laughs> Which was oh. awesome. Did you notice that? 
Yeah, it was like a um, inside joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, it's, it's a guy from the Ducks. Uh, the actual Ducks hockey team, folks who haven't seen this movie. But definitely check it out. Uh, I posted a link to the entire... I didn't know the entire movie is on YouTube. You can just watch the entire movie if you want for free. Oh, wow. So I posted it in the group, so... Anybody who wants to watch it, check it out. I liked it. I think it's one of his best. This was really great. I'd sit down. Well, good. I'd sit down this and Wendy and Lucy and just have this whole, like, out on her own and feeling sadness kind of uh, evening. <laughs> <laughs> um, so What's next? What's next? Um, I definitely wanted to mention The Affair. Did you watch The Affair? Uh, I watched the first season of The Fair. Same here. And I hated it. <laughs> I think it would have been a great movie. Yeah. It, they kept on, like, I don't know. Uh, it, I, they, the the premise is basically you half this half this episode you see it from his point of view, half the episode you see it from her point of view. And, and, and Josh Jackson isn't the lead in this, folks, if you haven't seen it. It stars Dominic West and Ruth Wilson, and uh, Josh Jackson and Moira Tierney are the people, that, spouses. the spouses who are getting cheated on. But yeah. and then you, but like half the episode you see it from Ruth Wilson's point of view, half the episode you see it from Dominic West's point of view, and there's inconsistencies constantly. You're like, and you just yeah, because people's memories change, and mm-hmm. people's point of view they don't see it exactly the same, and you know you're. From your point of view, you, you have the best intentions, and from their point of view, they're because you know at first you feel sorry for him because what Ruth Wilson, their and Josh Jackson, their uh, child had died. Yeah, but then you see that he's not such a great guy. But is he, he is he not? Uh, I, is he? Yeah, because his family is kind of like uh, are they like in organized crime or <laughs> just kind of in crime? Yeah. It may. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I I feel like someday I'm going to get back to it, but because uh, there there was enough there to keep me kind of interested, but I got just frustrated with it. And of course, you know, mm-hmm. we hate cheaters. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and it, and like the finale of season one takes this gigantic leaf with this murder, and there's this jump in time, and just turned me off. And and the whole unreliable mm-hmm. narrator thing. It's like, okay, can we get the straight story sometime? <laughs> yeah. Who are we to believe? Yeah. What's the, what is the how about what the, is the truth? How about the finale? Just wrap it up and show me who is telling the truth and who is just having I don't know. Uh, so uh, and I guess in the second season, which is another reason I'm like uh, I do want to get back to it sometime. They added like Josh Jackson and Moira Tierney's point of points of view as well. Like you'd see it from their uh. point of view as well. So that's one thing that makes me want to go back. I, According to Wikipedia, they're returning for season three in November. Uh, folks, if you've watched the show and kept watching it, was it any good? Let us know. No idea. <laughs> the last thing on my list is the, uh, the last big cameo on Unbreakable. <laughs> Kimmy, Kimmy Unbreakable. Yeah. Uh, just like Don't Trust the Bee, this is a fantastic show. I love it so much. Okay. It makes me laugh. I, it, it, does it, do you not think it's hilarious? <sighs> All right. I, this is just another show I just completely fell out of love with. People love this show. Steph, you love this show. Uh-huh. I, I fell out of I, I fell out of love uh, with Thirty Rock for like similar reasons, so it's not very surprising. It's just I never got on board the Thirty Rock train. Yeah, it's just like it's like a Tina Fey thing. It must be because Tina Fey also is behind Kimmy Schmidt. I love the central character of these shows. I love Liz Lemon uh, and this just like this nerdy girl who's trying to be super confident. Kimmy Schmidt, who's this childlike cult escapee. There's something to dig into there. But then like mm-hmm. Tina Fey and her co-writer, I forget what his name is, like just pile in on the, all the wacky characters. There's like cartoon characters. And it mm-hmm. just gets so freaking annoying. And I'm sorry, Jane Krakowski, I just can't deal with you. It just, I just, I'm not a fan. <laughs> uh, you probably are a nice lady. But in both these shows, you're like this same person. <laughs> yeah. She's my least favorite, but Oh my gosh! What is uh, uh, Titus Andromedus? Yeah, he's so funny, hilarious. Oh, in this episode, a Hamilton reference. 
Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, cool. I don't know. Like, There were like three different storylines going on. There was uh, Gene Krakowski and Carol Kane. There mm-hmm. was uh, Tyson Andromedus. Is that what his name is? Tatis Andromedus. Tatis. And then there was the the scenes with uh, uh, Kimmy and Dong. <laughs> his name Dong. Oh, something like that. So, okay, they go in this uh, convenience store, and there is Pacey Witter at the register. You mean Purvis. Or is it Purvis? <laughs> That's right. Okay. And, you know, he does make a good point. Yeah. When, when Joey <laughs> sleeps with him at the ski trip, you yeah. know, when they go out of town for the ski trip, he said that Joey, Joey does it because she – because all the stuff that he did for her or whatever. So I think that I do remember that that infuriated me at the time. <laughs> that, like, is this male, males think that uh, they deserve sex for things that they did, so so they get sex as a reward? Uh, you know, I think they played a, as, like, a joke. I guarantee you the scene is not played like that in Dawson's I don't remember the scene play like I remember her playfully remember saying that. this yeah. is for this and this is for this and you know I don't think like she felt entitled to do that like indebted to him because of it she just was telling him how great of a guy he was I don't know Okay. I like the ski trip <laughs> anyway I think that was when I was starting to fall out of love with it. <laughs> uh, with Dawson's Creek? Mm-hmm. Breaking news, folks. She's been lying for three seasons. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's just I just remember the bad writing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember the characters, you know, you just love the characters, but, <laughs> like- you know, Paul Stupid and all them, they just <laughs> not as good writers as Kevin Williamson was. Uh- I hope they're not listening. And then somebody reminds you of the following. And you're <laughs> oh, like, yeah, what the was following. that? What was that? That was another first season and I'm done show. <laughs> yes, I'll me give too. it a season and I'm done. That was another season? Oh, okay. Who cares? I, uh, as for Kimmy, I watched it up to the cameo scene and then I skipped through the rest of it and said, uh, he's not in the rest of this? Uh, okay, good. I'm done. <laughs> That show is, I don't know, to me, it's like nails on chalkboard. <laughs> I could not deal with it. Oh, I love it. I love the that, like, your brain just gets through processing one joke when another joke is coming at you. I know, but none of them are just... funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also, the show is also like uh, Don't Trust the Bee. I don't think I've seen all the episodes. Listen, Don't I Trust the Bee so is so much better than this show. Yeah, oh my gosh, it really is. It's really good. Not, I mean, not that it's so much better. I just, I love them both. Mm-hmm. But, I, and I think that maybe because I love it so much, I don't want to watch all of it. I want to savor it. Like they're not. Yeah, I have like six episodes left. I was doing a marathon on James Vanderweek, Vander but uh, I, I stopped uh, mid season two. Uh, I do plan on getting back mm-hmm. to it. The thing about that show is that they have cartoon characters, but they're not like the co-stars of the show. You don't spend time in cartoon character plot lines. You, the cartoon characters uh, join up every once Like the guy who's uh, just eating cereal in the window. <laughs> like You don't spend mm-hmm. an episode with him and dealing with him. He just pops up every once in a while. Or the, the James Manderbeek's The neighbor assistant. who used to be the... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or the, the best neighbor that used to be the... Roommate. Yes. She's like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the last thing I have on my list is something we haven't watched yet. But set your DVR, folks, because on Showtime, on this show called Years of Living Dangerously, there's going to be on November 30th this episode called Warming and Winning. And uh, this is like a show, I guess, where they let celebrities go and talk about environmental stuff and just like do a whole like episode with them. And uh, Josh Jackson is going to talk about the Great Barrier Reef. R.I.P. Great Barrier Reef. It's already dead. I guess. (laughs) Beyond saving. It's gone. Uh, Water too acidic for it. All right. So we've been going for probably over an hour at this point. 
That's it. Probably for went over my data. So much Josh Jackson. So much. I'm going to try not to be so crazy for uh, our following week, which I'm calling Pieces of Katie. Which don't take literally. It's just, you know, because it's pieces of, pieces of April is one of her movies. And these are like different pieces that we'll be watching of her film career. Or at least two of them. So we're watching yeah. Pieces of April and no. we're watching Miss Manners. We're not even watching Pieces of April. Miss Manners. We're not. We're watching Teaching Mrs. Tingle, which is a Kevin Williamson joint. Oh, that's right. <laughs> okay. And Miss Meadows. So okay. to, Good. I can't wait to talk about Miss Meadows. I can't wait to see it. I, I remember seeing the trailer when we were first doing Dawson's Creek going, I got to watch this sometime. This is Katie Holmes maybe being like some sort of, I don't know. She's got a gun. Uh, that's all I know. She, and she's yeah. and she's looking very John Watersy. So Yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. Awesome. To unpack it. And of course, I'll probably watch like six other things, which I'll babble about. Oh, control yourself. Don't do that. Don't go overboard. I really should stop. Uh, it's Halloween time. i got to watch some scary movies. Yep. All right, uh, folks. Uh, so we'll talk to you next week about Pieces of Katie. And we'll also be talking about uh, uh, what we're planning to do after – because last next week is going to be our last – Dawson's Creek related podcast. So uh, we're moving on to different things. So uh, join us for all that next week. Yeah, stay tuned all for the news. Six of you. Okay. We love you. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. You've been great. You've been great. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>